bottom of 11B. Uh, let's see, where should we start from? Um, let's start from here, uh, about 10 lines up from the bottom of 11B. And we're quoting a quote from the Mishnah. This is the principle. Anything which is makabotoma, anything which is able to become ritually impure. In other words, it is a, uh, it has a usage. It has a use case, uh, like maybe a vessel or something of that nature, is not able to be used for schach. Okay? The Gemara asks, how do we know this? Right? Where, where is the source for this? That, that anything that can be makabal toma, that can become ritually impure, cannot be used for schach. Amar Eishlakesh, Eishlakesh says, Amar Krat says in the Pasik, the aid ya'alet min ha'aretz, right? And there was a mist that comes up from the earth. This is in the Bereshis, in the second chapter of Bereshis, right? When we're talking about the creation of man, and it says that there was a mist coming up from the land. Just like mist is something which is not able to become ritually impure, and originates from the land, from the earth. So to a sukkah is something which has to be coming from the ground and is not able to become ritually impure. What's the connection between a sukkah and a mist, right? You're playing games over here. Well, the answer is very simple. The sukkah, how do we know that you're supposed to build a sukkah? Why do we build a sukkah? The answer is one of two opinions, and the Gemara will now deal with that, right? This is good according to the explanation of the Tana, who believes that the reason why we build a sukkah is to commemorate the clouds of glory that surrounded us when we were traveling through the desert. And therefore, an aid, a mist that's rising from the ground, is a cloud, and therefore we should keep them similar. But if you're saying that the reason why we make a sukkah is to commemorate the fact that we dwelled in a sukkah in our time in the desert, then what are you going to explain our Mishnah? For in Sukkos, I caused the Bnei Yisrael to dwell. They were clouds of glory. That's Rebbe Liezer's words. Rebbe Kiva says it's actual boots. Asulahem. They made for them, right? We made for ourselves our actual food. So, so it makes sense to say that you would learn out the laws pertaining to a sukkah, the schach, from the case of the aid, of the mist rising from the ground, if you believe, like Rabbi Eliezer, that it's about commemorating the clouds of glory. But according to Rabbi Kiva, who says that it's about the sukkah ismamish, it's about actual boots, then why would you say? That the reason why you need to have something that is not something that is not growing from the earth, right, is because of the fact that aid yala mina aretz has nothing to do with it. It's not related. It has to do with boots. Kiyasa Rabdimi, Amar Rabbechan, Rabdimi comes says in the name of Rabbechan. Amar Kra, the Pasuk says, Chag hasukkahs taselacha, the festival, the Chag of sukkahs you shall make for yourselves. Makesh sukkah lachagiga. So we are comparing the sukkah to the chagiga. What's Chagiga? Ma Chagiga, the special Chagiga offering. Dabar She'inu Makabo Toma. It is something which is not able to become susceptible to Toma, right? Because it's an, a living animal. And it, it grows from the ground. What does it mean it grows from the ground? It means that it gets its sustenance from the ground. So to a sukkah, something which is not able to become Tome, right? And gets its sustenance from the ground. 
says, one second, how much are you going to follow? How strictly speaking are you going to follow this association between Chagiga and Sukkah? Are you going to go so far as to tell me that the same way the Chagiga is a Balei Chaim, it is something which is a living animal, so too the Sukkah has to be now made out of a living organism? Different source, actually, according to Rekiva. It says in the Torah, that when you shall gather, when you have gathered in from your garnacha umiyek becha, right from your threshing floor, and also from your wine press, the pasuk is teaching you that your typical type of thing that would be used for schach are the leftovers from the threshing floor and the wine press, which are matter that contains two different characters, two different um, qualities, right? The fact that they grow from the ground, the fact that they cannot become ritually impure. The aim of Maybe it actually means the actual produce on the threshing floor, the actual produce in the wine press. In other words, the grain and the grapes, which are actual food items, which can become tummy. It does not say the anovim, it says yekev, the wine press. And you can't actually take the wine press itself, which is water, and put it on top of your sukkah, because guess what happens? There's something called gravity, and it will fall. asks the question. Maybe it is the yayin karush, the congealed wine that comes from sinir, right? That is similar to igulet vela, to a cakes of figs. And it's, it's, in other words, it, it gets a sense of solidity and you can actually use it as your schach. And when it says you should take from your wine press, maybe that's what it's referring to. We had this in our hands. And Rebiyamiya came and it's the first recorded case of an axe throwing competition. Rebiyamiya comes and he throws an axe into, the, into this answer. He says, it says, from your goyrin, but not the actual goyrin. From your wine press, but not the actual yekev. If it meant the actual yekev, it would just say, Instead, it said me and me. It says it from here is how you know that it has to be made from um, like the, the leftovers, the psalis, the refuse. Go out to the mountain and go bring back branches of, of um, olive leaves. And the branches of the wild olives. And the branches of a myrtle. And the branches from a palm tree. And the branches from the thick tree. Hainu hadas, hainu eats of it. So, what do you mean? The hadas, which is a myrtle, is the same thing as the branches of a thick tree. Amrachizda, hadas shaita le sukkah, eats of it, the luluv. The hadas shaita, hadas shaita means a hadas that does not have three leaves on the same level, right? That's called the hadas shaita. And that can be used for your schach. The hadas that has three leaves in the same branch, basically, in the same height. That is supposed to be used for your sukkah. I'm sorry, for your lulav and not for your sukkah. Okay. You have these bundles of cash, bundles of straw, the chavile bundles of wood, the chavile zradin, and bundles of like a, like a little piece of wood. Once they've been bundled together, you cannot use them for schach. The kula tiran, however, if they would be detached from each other, shares, they would be kosher for schach. The kulan k'sheris l'defanis, and they are all kosher to be brought as the, the walls of the sukkah. Amr Rabbi Yaakov, Yaakov says, "Shemat minad Rabbi Yechonon Tarti." I remember learning from Rabbi Yechonon the Great Amayra. Remember learning from two different halachas. One of them is related to this mishnah, and one of them is related to a different thing. Okay, chadaha. One of them is related to this. The idach and the other one. 
If somebody digs a hole, okay, like this, you have a, a whole bunch of things growing, right? And you go in there and you dig out a whole bunch of space in the middle of it and leaving something to be on top of you. And then you can like crawl in there and cover yourself with the top things as well, okay? That's not a good sukkah. One of these two halachas, either the reason why you can't use bundles of wood or the reason why you can't dig out a hole into an actual like harvest field and then go sit underneath, covered over by the, by the wheat that's on top of you. One of them, there's a concern of gezeres eitzer. Gezeres eitzer is the halacha that you're not supposed to use a, you don't want you using something that you might, led, might lead you to use your regular storehouse as a sukkah. Because if you, lead, if you use your regular storehouse as a sukkah, that's not a kosher sukkah. So we don't want you using things that are akin to a storehouse, then you might come to use your storehouse. So one of these two problems is a problem because you might come to use your storehouse. The Chodom Mishum it says, said that you shall make, but not for something that is already made. And I do not know which one is a problem of that it is a possibility that it might be making an otzer. You might end up staying in your actual storehouse. And which one is the problem of that it is tasev alomina ase, that you should make it, but not from that which is already made. I don't remember. says, let's come and see, we'll try to understand what this means. says the name of they said like this, why is it that if you have a bundle of straw, a bundle of wood, a bundle of like these uh, little twigs of wood, that it cannot be used for schach? The reason is, at times, people come in from the field at night. And they have a bundle of something on their back. And you lift it up, and you just stick it on top of your store. Just to store it, you stick it on top of your sukkah. So that it should get dried out. And then you might decide to leave it there for says, You should make it, and it should not be from something which was already made without, the, without being made for the purposes of being a shade issue. Okay? So what are we saying? We're saying that if you actually put it up there without having intention to, for it to be the schach, without having intention for it to serve as shade purposes, then it's not kosher on a Torah level. And therefore, we said, even if you put it up there as a bundle, right, without actually putting it up there as a bundle for the sake of being a shade right away, it's still problematic because if we allow that, then you might come to do it in a different way as well. So, so clearly over here, the problem was we don't want you to use this type of schach of using bundles of wood, because if you use bundles of wood as your schach, then you might come to throw something on top of the sukkah without the intention of using it for the sake of, uh, of um, shade. And then it would actually be a category of which is a prohibition, right? A invalidation of using the schach for the wrong um, intentions, and then later on trying to change it. That doesn't work. If you have a situation where the schach were put up with the wrong intentions, not to make shade, then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to reestablish it and put it back down again with the intention of putting it down to make shade. Rabbi Yaakov says, If he had heard that which Rabbi Yaakov said, he would not have had any doubt and he would have understood that the bundles issue in our Mishnah is a problem of if you come to use bundles, then you might come to use an actual Eitzer situation. But he didn't have that, so therefore he didn't say that. 
Amar Ravashi, Atu Chavile Kasha Chavile Eitzim Shum Gzeres Eitzer Eka Shum Tasav Lo Ben Asi Leka. Is that to say that if bundles of wheat and bundles of straw, bundles of wood, there's only a concern that you might then come to also do a situation of Eitzer of something which you put it there for the sake of storing, and then later on determine that you want to use it for shade. But there's no problem of Tasav Lo Ben Asi that you're not. There's no problem of that you're going to end up doing it using something which was already extant and then repurposing it later, that's no, that there's not a problem. And if somebody digs out a space into the Gadish, into the storing place where he has all the wheat stored together, and he digs that out and then he goes to hang out underneath it, that's only a problem of passive Lomana Asi. And it's not a problem of Zeris Aitzer. It's not a problem of the fact that you might end up doing it for the sake, not for the sake of shade, and then using it for your Sukkah. would say to you, I hear what you're saying. It's possible to make the cases that all of each one of these cases has both problems associated with, both a Arisa problem and even a Darabanan problem. The Mishnah could have been talking about a case where you put the bundles of wood up on top to dry out. And then indeed, if you decided later on, I want to use it for shade purposes for my sukkah, indeed, it's not going to be kosher on a Darisa level. However, the Mishnah doesn't really say that. If you look carefully at the language of the Mishnah, the Mishnah says, Ein mehen. you should not use this. Implication is, it is only, ideally you shouldn't use it. Ein turning the page now. Ideally you shouldn't use it because there would be a concern of but on the Torah level, it would indeed be permitted to use this. So the Mishnah itself is meduyik, is clear from its words, from the word choice, that indeed it would be permitted on a Torah level to use this as your schach. Hasam, in the other case that Rabbi quoted, where we're talking about cutting out into the bundle of wheat, it says over there, it's not a sukkah. This sounds like even on a Torah level, even after the fact, it's not a valid sukkah. Let's say somebody covers the sukkah using chitzin zacharim. Chitzin zacharim, Earl, this is your sukkah, yeah? is um, a, what we call a male arrow. Okay? What's a male arrow? The male arrow is referring to the part of the wood that is then stuck into the arrowhead, okay? Because it goes into the arrowhead, right? And you can use your imagination to figure out why it's called the male side. Shera, it will be valid for your sukkah. Binikevis, however, it is the, the type of shaft that already has a hole into it, where there's going to be where the arrowhead is stuck into it, then that is considered to be something which will receive something else, which by definition makes it a receptacle. A receptacle considered a vessel, and therefore it can become ritually impure. Well, if it become ritually impure, Sula is going to be invalid, because we said earlier, that unless it is something which cannot become ritually impure, it cannot be used for schach. But the ones that don't have this receptacle part of it will be kasher for your sukkah. Shita, this should be obvious. What might I thought to say? Perhaps we should make a decree and disallow the male ones out of a concern that if we allow the male ones, you then will come to use the female ones. Indeed, then we say that this is not true. We do not make this xerah. It is obvious that if these pieces of wood have holes in them to be able to accept the arrowhead, it is obvious that they will be puzzled for the schach and they will not be good because, of course, they're a vessel and, of course, they're not kosher. What might I have to say? If you have a receptacle that is made to be finished off and completely filled in for its proper usage, for the arrowhead to be completely attached, so then that's not really called a receptacle. 
that's just an unfinished object. And therefore, it's not able to be Makabal Tuma. And therefore, it teaches us that even so, it is still already considered a receptacle and it will be an invalid schach. Amr Rabbah Barbachana Amr Rabbiyechana. Rabbah Barbachana says the name of Rabbiyechana. Tzchacha ba'anitze pishtan, sula. If somebody tries to make tzchach out of anitze pishtan, anitze pishtan are these, um, like a, a flax stalk that is already in the process of turning into linen. Sula, it is pasal. Ve'ohutzni pishtan. However, it's in just like a flax stalk, which has not yet been changed at all yet and put into being part of its sukkah. Shera, then it is kosher. The Pushni Pishtan. Pushni Pishtan is a different type of flax stalks that already is partially processed. Any day, I'm not sure which category it falls into. The question really is, at what point do we say this is too close to a, a food item, in which case it can become ritually impure? At what point do we say it's not yet a food item? At what point do we say it's for sure not a, I'm sorry, for sure not a clothing item and not become ritually impure, good to go. At one point we say it's for sure too much of a clothing item and it can become ritually impure, therefore not good. At the one point, we say it's actually somewhere in between. Pushni Atzman is somewhere in between. Manav Shach. The Gemara says Manav Shach. Either way. Edaik Veloi Nafetz. If we're talking about a case where it's been, uh, it's been like smushed a little bit. Veloi Nafetz. Not yet combed. Pushni Karile. That's certainly called Pushni. And that's a case of where we're not sure what its halach is. Aval Trey Veloi Daik. But let's say it's been, it's been um, tarry. It was soaked in the water, but it was not yet pounded. Pushni Karile. That it's certainly still considered in its very natural state. And nothing has changed yet about it. Ay Dilma. Or do we say? Even if it's already been soaked, but not yet pounded. It's still already into the category of hushni, where you're uncertain as to it's considered too close to clothing to be ritually impure, and therefore not valid. Right? These are some sort of a growth. You can use them for schach. He says sushi, sushi, right? This is not the same sushi that you're thinking of. That you could use for a schach, right? Veshavtsuri loy masach. Veshavtsuri cannot be used for schach. My time, what's the reason? Turn the page now. Kivan, de, sorry, rechaya, because they stink. Shavak luhuva nafik. If you use them for schach and you put them up on your on your, on your your rooftop, you wouldn't end up using the sukkah because it would be so smelly. You wouldn't want to hang out in the sukkah. And that's why it's invalid. But not because it's on a Torah level invalid. It's just invalid because it will end up causing you to leave the sukkah. Okay. We'll finish with the